The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kathleen Petticord. She is an expert on overseas real estate. And she's come out with a new book called How to Buy Real Estate Overseas. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here. Tell us where you're calling in from. I'm in Panama City, Panama, which is where my office is based. Very good. Okay, well, before we get into the details of how you buy real estate overseas, just briefly tell us your story and how you got interested in buying real estate overseas and and how you ended up in Panama. It's, it was all very organic. None of it was at all by design. And if you, if you, anyone had said 30 years ago that this is where I'd end up being, doing what I'm doing today, I would have just laughed. But I, I'm a writer by trade. I wanted to be a writer. I went to work for a, a Baltimore-based publishing company. I grew up in Baltimore, went to work for them out of school. And then fast forward some years, and I had the opportunity with them to move to Ireland to open an EU office for that publishing company in Ireland, and I uh, ran that office, worked for them in Ireland for seven years, then moved to Paris and ran an office for them in Paris for four years. Then I left that publishing house and uh, started my own publishing group a year later, and as part of that transition, moved to Panama City. That's how I ended up in Panama City. Paris is probably, I'd say, the best place in the world to live if you had your druthers, but it is a miserable, France is a miserable place to try to run a business. So that's how we ended up in Panama. Okay, very good. Well, let's start with a kind of a broad overview of investing overseas. Uh, what are some of the pros and cons? Let's, let's start with the pros. What are some of the major advantages that people might not realize in investing uh, in real estate around the world? I, the big advantage, I say, is it, comes to, it can be summed up in one word, diversification. And I think, you know, most investors and most Americans in general are aware of the advantages of owning real estate. It's a hard asset. It's something you can use. It's something that can generate cash flow as well as appreciate in value over time. It's a legacy asset. It's something you can leave to your, your children, et cetera. So the advantages of owning real estate are probably pretty fairly well understood. But the, the critical thing is that you, you can, you of course, could take advantage of those advantages, take benefit from them by investing in real estate in the United States. But that doesn't accomplish what I see as the most important agenda for any investor right now, which is diversification. Diversification beyond the U.S. market, beyond the U.S. dollar, the U.S. economy, U.S. politics, and on and on. And as well, diversification generally beyond markets, governments, inflation rates, economies, and currencies worldwide. So that is to say, to take everything you have invested in the United States and invest it in, say, Panama, well, that wouldn't get you diversification either. Then you'd be just completely vulnerable to the goings-on in Panama. So the big advantage of real estate when you look at it from a global perspective is true global diversification. 
So you're diversifying against political risks or currency risk. What is the main thing you're worried about in having all your assets in the United States? I think, well, it's market risk, risk, I would say, more than anything. You know, all markets, but it's not really even U.S.-specific. All markets cycle. All markets go up and down. And so the bottom fell out of many property markets around the world in 2008, 2009. Some are beginning to recover. Some are completely destroyed. The uh, Some markets in the United States have been, you know, the floors just pulled out from under them. The same is true in Ireland, Spain, Greece. Those market real estate markets have collapsed. But not all real estate markets fell or, or bottomed in 2008, 2009, or since. Some markets continued to chug along, slowly, steadily increasing, expanding, and appreciating in value for investors. Panama is a, is a really good example. You're saying people should invest overseas not only for growth but also for income. What, what is the situation with rental income overseas compared to rentals uh, in the United States? Well, you can, the yields can be better. Uh, you know, you can't just buy anything anywhere, but if you buy well, then that you can, you, there are markets right now where you can look to net a double digit return, 10 to 15% a year, and that, that's a good yield, I think, in the current climate. Uh, of course, it's more complicated, you know, it's long distance, and I'd say the key to it, the secret to making a success of it and earning 10 or 12% a year as opposed to just having a, a nightmare of an experience is your property rental manager. And so how do you pick a good one from a uh, good property rental manager? Well, you uh, you ask around in the market. You know, if you're buying, you as you buy, say, an apartment, a condo, or what have you to rent out, you speak to your real estate agent and everyone else you deal with, your attorney. Your attorney in the country where you invest is, is your key ally, the most important contact you have. And he or she should be able to help you with other contacts especially, for example, a rental manager. So that begs the question, then, how do you find the attorney contact, which is really the contact I recommend you start with. That's that's more important than anything else. It's probably the most important decision you make when you go to invest in any other foreign market is who's going to be your attorney, who's the one on your side of the negotiating table, because there are going to be lots of nuances, lots of challenges, lots of unexpected realities of investing market-to-market outside your, your home country, the United States, for example, and the one to help you navigate all that is your attorney. You find this person by talking to other investors in the market. So you, you, the, I think the bottom line of all of this is buying real estate in another country isn't like investing in a stock. You can't pick up the phone or go online and place an order and then put the investment on a shelf, as it were. You know, this requires attention and focus, and it, and it requires a, some travel. You know, one important thing you're going to have to do is get on a plane and go see the market, go spend time in the market yourself. And when you're there looking around, walking around, asking around, talking to everyone you can, then you're, you're going to ask for attorney contacts, and you're going to find three or four attorneys who speak English and you have experience helping foreign investors, you're going to interview them and then make that decision before you do anything else. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Kathleen Petticord. Uh, she's the author of a new book called How to Buy Real Estate Overseas, and we'll be speaking a lot about buying real estate around the world. We'll be back after this. We're all 
always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kathleen Pettacord, the author of a new book called How to Buy Real Estate Overseas, published by Wiley. Welcome back to the show, Kathleen. Thank you. Is there a uh, website related to the book, and, and what websites can people uh, go to to find out more about all this? The website I'd recommend is my, it's the website for my publishing group, for my publishing business, liveandinvestoverseas.com. So that's all one word, no hyphens or anything, www.liveandinvestoverseas.com. And if you go there, you'll find out lots of information on living, retiring, and buying, investing in real estate all around the world. And then you have a free uh, newsletter service of some kind. What is that about? I do as well. We I, I write every day from wherever I am in the world. I'm based in Panama City, but I travel and move around a lot. And I write every day. Uh, it's in real time. It's a free service, and it covers all these topics. And so I'm talking about sometimes the place where I happen to be, but but generally just about anywhere at any time that makes sense as a place to think about spending your time or your money. And uh, at the website on the homepage, there's a box where you can sign up uh, for the e-letter. It's, again, it's free every day. And then when you're, you're tired of reading it, you just unsubscribe. Okay, so one of the things you say, not only diversifying your assets, but you can also protect your wealth and avoid taxes uh, by buying uh, real estate overseas. How does that work? Well, as a uh, protection mechanism, I think it's very important. There, there is one uh, tax-related nuance here that's worth noting, and that is uh, real estate overseas is one of only two remaining assets that Americans are not required to report on their annual returns every year to the IRS. The other one is gold and other precious metals. So real property, real estate, and uh, precious metals are the only two things you don't have to report in some way to the IRS each year. So that gives you some level of, of privacy and thereby asset protection. 
Because if, you know, say you're a doctor and some plaintiff is trying to sue you, well, his attorney is going to look around to see whatever assets you have. And it's easier, uh, not only possible, but it, but it can be relatively easier to keep any offshore real estate holdings private and they're, you know, therefore out of view of any potential litigation, uh, but easier than really any other asset. And then how about taxes? That, that's, that's kind of protecting your wealth. How can you avoid taxes well, by investing in real estate overseas? I don't know if you can say you can avoid taxes, but you can certainly mitigate your tax burden. And uh, so, for example, if you invest in a rental property overseas and you get financing locally, and I, we should come back to talk about financing because there are some some particular twists to do with that that uh, an American investor might be unprepared for, but. Say you, you borrow money to buy a rental apartment in Panama City, for example. Well, as an American, you can take all of the, dedu- the itemized deductions and uh, you can write off everything that you could write off for a rental investment in the United States. You can for a, a rental investment overseas as well. The other, another interesting thing to do with taxes, a way to uh, reduce your tax burden in this context, is if you own a rental investment property anywhere in the world, Panama, uh, France, Ireland, Argentina, wherever, you, well, you'll have to take a couple of scouting trips to go spend time in the country looking around, identifying the purchase, then you'll have to return to actually close on the purchase, and then you want to visit once or twice, twice a year to meet with your property manager, check in on the property, and all of that travel is uh, tax-free. You can write it off on your taxes. Indeed. What are some of the key factors in looking at a real estate investment overseas that you should look at to know if it's, it's a good place for long-term growth and safety and income? Well, you're going to look at all the, you know, the typical market indicators. So uh, one I, I refer to as path of progress. So, for example, is there going to be a new highway connecting or opening up a new, say, coastal region of the country? Is there going to be a new international airport that's going to allow, you know, more tourists, more uh, bigger volume of travelers who are going to need places to stay and where it might make sense, therefore, to invest in a rental? Uh, this, this is probably one of the most important ones, uh, indicators, is, you know, looking for where there's something important uh, in the context of, in the way of infrastructure that's coming online, that's going to change the market dynamic in a way that's going to allow more access or more volume of tourists or visitors. Another way is to target a market with an expanding middle class. Uh, so the first way, looking for uh, ways, as I, I refer to it as front-running the infrastructure, identifying a place where some important and big infrastructure improvement or change is coming, and then invest ahead of it. That can have local implications, but often that has in, that has non-local implications. The, those kinds of changes allow for more foreign access in the way of foreign investors and foreign tourists. But then look at the, the market locally as well. Look for a place as you would find right now in Panama City. And another market I like very much for, and this is one of the reasons I do, Medellin, Colombia. Medellin has a very fast expanding, uh, middle class. 
Well, that means that there are a lot more people locally with a lot more disposable income who are looking to kind of move up, looking for, you know, uh, if they're younger, looking to move out of their parents' home sooner, maybe before they're married, as might be more typical in these markets. If they've already invested in, a, in an apartment or a home, they're looking to move up the, the property ladder, as it were. So that's, it's another very important way that you can, you can tap into an expanding marketplace. It, some markets can get a little bit too hot sometimes, even if they have the criteria you're looking for. Uh, kind of Costa Rica, I guess, comes to mind uh, as a market that got very hot. Is it possible to kind of get sucked in if there's too much hype around a particular market? Yeah, definitely. And Costa Rica is a good example uh, because you, uh, if you say mention the idea to an American of living, retiring, investing in real estate in overseas in another country – one of the first countries that's going to come to mind is Costa Rica. And that's because Costa Rica did a really uh, interesting, extraordinary, in fact, thing back in the 1980s. They engaged a Madison Avenue copywriting house, an, an ad agency, to promote them in the United States as the, the uh, overseas retirement haven and indirectly real estate investment haven. And this Madison Avenue ad agency, they did their job. They they branded Costa Rica as the choice. And it is still, you know, if you again, if you say to an American, retire overseas, they're going to think of Costa Rica. And so what happened throughout then the 1980s and, in, and through the 1990s, the, the interest in Costa Rica expanded, expanded, expanded. Values, prices went up and up and up. There was great rates of inflation, enormous increases in the numbers of Americans living, retiring, investing in this country. There was a lot of speculation, a lot of, of uh, development along the Pacific Coast. And then you come into uh, into the late 90s, and uh, what happened, frankly, was Costa Rica kind of decided, okay, we've had enough. There are enough gringos here. There are enough foreign investors. We've had enough of all this outside speculation. And so they pulled back on the benefits that they had been offering to foreign uh, retirees, for example. That, uh, they, they withdrew them. They were no longer available. The, then, meantime, prices had gone up and up and up, but the infrastructure in the, com- in the country hadn't kept pace. So... When you were buying in the 1980s in Costa Rica, you were buying, a, you know, maybe a, on a beautiful spot, on a beautiful beach, and it was cheap, but it was at the end of a dirt road, you know, not paved, very badly rutted and, uh, you know, miserable experience driving the half hour down it to get to your lot. The phone service was unreliable. Electricity was unreliable. But what did you care? You had this beautiful, beautiful lot, at, you know, on this beautiful, beautiful beach, and it was really cheap. And life there was really cheap and simple and great. But what happened then was life slowly became not so cheap. Meantime, though, the infrastructure didn't improve. The infrastructure didn't keep pace with inflation and with the uh, value appreciation. And so then, fast forward to the year, you know, early 2000s, and it was no longer cheap, and it was still not comfortable. And that's the state of Costa Rica still today. Costa Rica is struggling. It's a poor country. Uh, it's been called bankrupt by certain sources. I don't know if technically that's accurate or not, but definitely Costa Rica is struggling. And, uh, and, and so they don't have money to invest in infrastructure. Their bridges are falling down, and nothing is reliable in the country still. Meantime, it's, it's again, it's no longer cheap. So the, that's it, Costa Rica is such a good case study, and I, I don't like to focus on it too much because and I'm not trying to bash Costa Rica, but it's, it is an interesting case study, and it's worth 
talking about because it is so recognized among Americans and, and would-be American investors. Indeed. Okay. Very good uh, warning there. Um, it, as you say, it is something that people think of as the first place that's uh, nice and safe. <laughs> Turns out people, I guess, spent too much there. Okay, we're going to take another break and come back and talk more about investing in real estate overseas. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman, and my guest this hour is Kathleen Pettacord. Her book is called How to Buy Real Estate Overseas. Uh, the website that she has is called liveandinvestoverseas.com, um, and uh, she has a free newsletter called Overseas Opportunity Letter. We'll be back after this. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world leading conversations with host cheryl esposito creates a place for that dialogue tune into the voice america business channel every friday as cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business government art economics and social change We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading Conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kathleen Pettacord, author of the new book, How to Buy Real Estate Overseas. Welcome back to the show, Kathleen. Thank you. So we're going to do a quick uh, tour around the world here. The 20 countries you think are most interesting, and maybe just kind of briefly tell us the pros and cons of, of getting into them in today's market. Uh, you start with Argentina, okay. which has certainly had a very volatile history. Uh, why Argentina today? Uh, yeah, Argentina is, is a basket case of a country with a basket case of a history, but it's, that's one reason I like it. You're, you, Argentina, you might be a lot of things there, but you're not going to be bored. And right now, Argentina is suffering from a lot of, uh, very, uh, high rates of inflation. They have, uh, their currency is a mess, and they have right now exchange restrictions in place. 
Nevertheless, I wouldn't take Argentina off your list. Those would be the downsides. But what I do think is most interesting in Argentina right now would be a vineyard investment. And there are ways still, despite everything going on with the, with the currency and the exchange values, there are ways to invest safely. And I would say to look in the Mendoza region. And uh, it's if you're interested in a kind of vineyard investment, uh, which can be both uh, lifestyle and an investment opportunity, then this part of Argentina, Mendoza, would be the best place in the world to pursue this. You'd, you'd get much more bang for your buck and I think a much more interesting and potentially long-term profitable experience than in France or California. Okay, Belize and South Central America is another place. What are the pros and cons of Belize? Belize is a, I think of Belize as the, a place to go to spend your time or money to focus on if you're looking to escape the whole rest of the world. Belize operates just on its own, in its own time frame, completely separate and apart. It's very safe. It's very back to basics. It's a place I, I recommend it for people who are looking for a, uh, somewhere to pursue what might be called a sustainable lifestyle or a resilient lifestyle. So uh, Belize is two markets in particular of interest. Amberg is key, which is Caribbean, and is one of the best, I think, best Caribbean buys you're going to find. It's not super cheap, but relative to other, uh, you know, markets in the Caribbean, the Caymans, the Virgin Islands, et cetera, it's a, it's a very good buy. And then the other place to look in Belize is the Cayo in the interior of the country, in the mountains. This is a, a rainforest lots of waterfalls and rivers, Mayan ruins. It's a beautiful, undiscovered, undeveloped area where you can buy land very cheap, very fertile land to grow things, uh, again, the whole sustainable lifestyle. Okay, the next one is Brazil, which is certainly growing very fast. We've got the Olympics coming there, the World Cup, and a lot of growth. What are what the pros and cons of Brazil? Uh, Brazil, again, as you say, is a, is a fast-growing market. It's a market of the future, as they say, it, uh, and that's no longer a joke. It is, in fact, a market of the future. And uh, I think there, there are some, again, agricultural investments are worth looking at. I know, for example, of some coconut plantation investments in Brazil that I like very much. It's also a great choice from a lifestyle point of view. You know, agricultural buying would be, that would be an investment play. From a lifestyle point of view, Brazil has you know, such an extraordinarily long coastline with so many wonderful beach options that are very, very cheap. Some of them can be very, very cheap. Uh, so from a lifestyle point of view, that could be an option. The downside to Brazil would be that this is a, a complicated place to do business. A, it can be a complicated place to invest because of exchange controls. You definitely need the help of a good English-speaking attorney. Chile is the next country, which has had a pretty good record of being kind of pro-capitalist and helping companies and politically stable. What, what do you like about Chile? In Chile, I would well, Santiago is a great city choice if you uh, if you want city living. Uh, Santiago is a really developed and comfortable, nice city choice. It's going to be far more affordable than it's a European Euro Euro style city, but again, a much more affordable choice than Europe. Uh, another town, I, another area I like in Chile is uh, outside Santiago that's going to be uh, not, it's not quite as big a city. It's more of a small town experience. I've, I know I have an expert friend living there who refers to it as California of 40 or 50 years ago, and this is called La, La Serena, S-E-R-E-N-A. So that's a spot that I would recommend in Chile. 
Then the next one probably will surprise a lot of people is Colombia, which people think of drug lords and gangs and all that kind of thing. But you think it's a good place to invest now? I do, and I I like to recommend Colombia because now it's just become it's kind of a joke because I say to someone Colombia specifically Medellin is where I think you should be uh, investors should be looking right now. And and without exception, the response is, what are you talking about? Medellin, Colombia is the land of Pablo Escobar and the co- cocaine cartels. You're out of your mind. In fact, Medellin is not at all what people think it is. I'm, I'm, I have an apartment there myself. My husband and I invested about two years ago. We discovered Medellin about three years ago and have spent a lot of time there since. We're going back again at the end of this week. We go with our children. I've spent a lot of time there alone. It's, in fact, a very safe place. But that aside, what Medellin also is, is is one of the most beautiful, pleasant cities I know anywhere in the world. Uh, it, again, it has a lot of Euro undertones. Uh, the infrastructure is top-notch. There's a metro across the city. This is also a very uh, literary and artistic city with uh, a lot of uh, galleries, and it's a cafe culture, a lot of parks. It's just a beautiful place. And then layer over top of that, that property values are one of the best bargains in the world because no one understands that Medellin is really just a really, really pretty nice place to be. It's not at all unsafe or what most people think it is, but because of this, this misperception lingers, values are, are very, very low on a global scale. Very good. Now moving to Europe, uh, Croatia, uh, which is something people, I guess it was originally part of Yugoslavia, but it's its own little country now. What is the advantage of Croatia? Yeah, Croatia is, I, I would say that the, the big advantage of Croatia is it's the best of Tuscany, but at, at, you know, much, much lower price, half the price, for example. So this is, you know, this, uh, Croatia is just across the way from Italy and the, particular area of Croatia that I would recommend is called the Istrian Peninsula, and this is literally just across from Italy. In fact, the Istrian Peninsula was part of Italy for a while, briefly at the start of the last century, and so it's very Italian, and the the geography, the landscapes are for all the world just, you know, you wouldn't know this wasn't Tuscany or Umbria, except for the prices, and except for the fact that the language isn't uh, Italian, although you will hear a lot of Italian in fact, in Croatia, you'll hear a lot of everything. Croatians are a very well-educated people. It's one one reason I like Croatia so much is the people. They are very sophisticated, very smart, very hardworking, very educated, uh, and their country is beautiful. Really, one of the most beautiful places in the world, and one of the best bargains in Europe. Uh, moving back to uh, Central America and so on is uh, Dominican Republic, which you think of as uh, got some nice beaches, but also very poor. What is the advantage of investing in the Dominican Republic? Dominican Republic is a good choice for someone who wants the Caribbean, uh, but, you know, can't afford or isn't interested in paying the prices of the the developed Caribbean. Dominican Republic is is the undeveloped Caribbean, but, but it's beautiful. It has beautiful, beautiful beaches. But one interesting thing about the Dominican Republic is that while it is very undeveloped and, for the most part, still undiscovered, it is home to an established community of expats, foreign retirees, and younger, more entrepreneurial expats, mostly European and especially French. There's a there's an established French community here in the Dominican Republic that has developed some very expat-friendly infrastructure. So you'll you'll find bakeries and restaurants and uh, little cafes and things like that that you might not expect 
in an undeveloped or on an undeveloped Caribbean island, but you find them here because the French have established themselves here. And then you say Ecuador also has potential. What are the pros and cons of Ecuador? Ecuador, I, I refer to it as the cheapest place to live well in the Americas. If budget is a is an important factor, is your priority, then I'd put Ecuador at the top of your list. Ecuador offers uh, many diverse options from Cuenca, which is a colonial city, and other colonial cities, but I, I would recommend Cuenca above the others. It's, it is a real city, but it's a great bargain. A couple could retire well in Cuenca, for example, on a budget of twelve or thirteen hundred dollars a month, and uh, you'd be for that very modest budget, you'd be enjoying a very rich city cosmopolitan lifestyle. And then as well, uh, Ecuador has the coast, uh, and it's some of the beaches along its coast uh, would be very good beach choices and very very undervalued. So again, if you're going to compare to uh, to beach choices, other you know, Pacific Coastal Beach choices, you're going to find some of the best bargains going in Ecuador. Now, going back to Europe, uh, probably one of the most expensive places is France. Uh, you said it's a nice place to live, but expensive and a hard place to do business. What is the pro and con of buying uh, investment real estate in France? I would say that the uh, France is, in fact, is a top choice, can be a top choice for in, for not only lifestyle, because I, I'm prejudiced, and this is completely subjective and a biased, and everyone has his or own, her own opinion. But I'd say France is the best place in the world to live, especially Paris. So that's lifestyle, and that you could argue endlessly because that's just what is someone looking for. You know, lifestyle is a completely personal choice. But France is also a top investment choice uh, because, especially Paris. It's not because it's cheap, because it isn't, although you can find good bargains, but certainly it's not going to be on any list of the world's cheapest places to buy real estate. But what Paris is, is it has perhaps the world's most proven track record for rentals. And so if you're investing for yield, for cash flow, a rental apartment in Paris is one of the surest bets that, that you can find. Do you think in general it is a good idea to go into these things with the idea of rentals as opposed to appreciation? I do, definitely. I think that in the, the current climate, there are very few markets where capital appreciation is a reasonable expectation. It's not that it's not possible and it's not that you can't find it. I think that you will see it in Panama. I think you will see it in uh, Medellin, Colombia, for example. But there, but in most of the world, appreciation is not – It's if you get it, it's the cherry on top. It's not the reason to buy the reason to buy real estate, aside from asset protection and diversification and those underlying, uh, you know, ideas, uh, uh, theories about the advantages of real estate, which are very real, but but practically speaking, what you're looking for is a return in the form of cash flow from rental yield. Uh, or or I, I should add, very important, agricultural yield. The other thing that I think is is really a, a great idea right now is uh, to buy productive land for agricultural yield. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Kathleen Pettigord. Her new book is called How to Buy Real Estate Overseas. She also has a, a, newsletter, a, a website, liveandinvestoverseas.com. We'll be back after this.
stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait, they just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kathleen Petticord, the author of a new book called How to Buy Real Estate Overseas. Welcome back to the show, Kathleen. We were doing it. We were doing a quick run through the countries. We were in Ireland. What are the pros and cons of Ireland today? I would say that the the big pro, the reason to be looking at Ireland right now, is because this market collapsed completely uh, starting in 2008, 2009, and has continued downward ever since. So I, I lived in Ireland about, I moved to Ireland about 15 years ago, lived there for seven years, and I was there coincidentally right leading up to the height of the Celtic Tiger, to that boom period. Ireland today is a completely different place. When I left, Dublin was a more expensive place to live and to buy real estate than Paris, France, which didn't make any sense to me at the time and uh, didn't last. Of course, you knew that couldn't last, and it didn't. Values have, have just collapsed, and so Today, values are 50-60% and more down from their peaks in 2008, and I think Ireland has probably pretty much reached its bottom. It's near its bottom, and so this would be the time to be shopping. The reasons to buy in Ireland, you could look for some uh, cash flow, some rental yield. I think that that's a reasonable expectation if you buy right in a tourist zone, buy in Dublin or, say, in uh, around Kerry, where there's a lot of tourist traffic. The other reason to buy in Ireland would be because you just want to be in Ireland, and I think that's a, a legitimate interest of a lot of Americans. You know, there's a lot of of interest among Americans, romantic interest among Americans for, for Ireland and the Irish lifestyle. And if you share that romantic interest, you know, this would be the time to be shopping. Italy is another country you'd have to talk about, uh, which is also kind of depressed economically. 
I would think it'd still be pretty expensive to live in Italy. Yeah, so what, what are the pros and cons of buying into Italy? Uh, Italy, well, as you say, is it's one of the, the you know, two probably most common dream, European-associated dreams among, among Americans, the idea of living, retiring uh, to a, a farmhouse in France or Italy. That would be the dream of many. And, right, values are down, the uh, market is depressed, and uh, and at the same time, it isn't as exp- Italy doesn't have to be as expensive a place to live as as many might think, or as you might think uh, initially. Certainly, Florence and Venice, for example. Well, yeah, they're two of the most expensive places on earth, and I wouldn't recommend them for retirees, and I wouldn't probably recommend them for for investment either. But uh, for example, Pisa is a little uh, little town that I like very much. Uh, Great values, great real estate values, a great place to invest, I think, for rental. And then another region I like in Italy is the, it's called the Abruzzo, and it's a beautiful, you know, uh, region. Again, I was describing Croatia this way, but Abruzzo would be similar to the best of Tuscany or Umbria, but much, much lower prices. Then the Malaysia, which is doing quite well economically, you like. What are the pros and cons of Malaysia? I like Malaysia uh, because it's a very foreigner-friendly jurisdiction because there's a lot of English spoken, so it's not from a, an intimidation point of view, you know. In thinking about living, retiring, investing in Asia, that's a big leap. Anywhere you might think about doing these things, you know, even Costa Rica or Mexico, say, which seem pretty familiar to Americans, there's going to be culture shock. Things are going to be different. Things aren't going to be familiar, and there's going to be a lot of unexpected realities for you to, to work your way through. Well, then you, that's just really all so much more true in Asia. And uh, and so uh, Asia, Asia can be generally very intimidating for Americans, retirees, and also investors. And at the same time, from the investor point of view, Asia comes with its own unique hurdles. There are, in a number of Asian countries, restrictions placed on foreign ownership of property, and you may not be able to own real estate without a, a local uh, partner, for example. But in Malaysia, again, they're very foreigner-friendly. They have a uh, Malaysia My Second Home retiree program that invites retirees to uh, and makes it easy for them to get visas. And I do think that this is a place where owning real estate could make sense uh, for cash flow. Let's talk about Mexico briefly. That's probably one of the biggest areas where Americans would try to because I think it's so cheap and friendly. Is, are you pro and con about Mexico? I'm pro Mexico, and but with the caveat that you know, remember, Mexico is a very big country, and Mexico Mexico right now t- is taking a lot of heat. It's you know beaten up in the press very regularly, and and it and legitimately, it, Mexico has problems. They have problems with drug cartels and safety problems, and. And so not everywhere in Mexico would make sense. But, again, Mexico is a really big country with two long coasts and lots and lots of towns in between. And so to say Mexico is unsafe is unfair and untrue. Parts of Mexico are unsafe, and I wouldn't recommend them. But parts of Mexico still make a lot of sense and and can be good investment choices and definitely – can, you can find good lifestyle choices depending on what you're looking for. From an investor's point of view, I I like Puerto Vallarta and the the Nayarit coast, the Riviera Nayarit as it's called, uh, along the Pacific, because uh, there's a, such a proven history of tourism here, and therefore you know lots of opportunity for rental return. 
we're not going to have time to get into all the other uh, countries, but just give us some of the things people should watch out for when buying uh, investments overseas. You go into it in much more detail in the book, but just some of the quick things that people, mistakes they make uh, frequently. Well, I would say that the biggest thing to, to understand and be prepared for as you, if you consider this idea is that the multiple listing service is a U.S. invention, that it's the multiple listing service seems an indispensable tool of buying and selling real estate in the United States, but most of the rest of the world gets along without it. And so that what that means is when you go to Panama, Colombia, Argentina, France, Malaysia, wherever, and start shopping around, you have to think this through very practically. What does what are the implications, the practical implications of no MLS in the marketplace? It means the marketplace is hugely inefficient. It means it's not possible to walk into a real estate office, sit down with an agent and say, I want a 1,500-square-foot, two-bedroom, two-bathroom home in such-and-such location, and here's my budget. And they type in those factors, and they come up with 27 houses that, that meet them. That It's impossible to shop like that anywhere else in the world, really. And so what you have to do is work with as many real estate agents and different agencies as possible. Listings are not shared. Listings are proprietary. Uh, and and if you go to one agency you and give them your criteria, they may tell you about three houses. And you'll think, well, how in the city can there be three houses that meet my criteria? It, it's That's not it. It's that that agency has three houses on its books that meet your criteria. Go to another agency around the corner, and they might have eight others. I see. With about a minute or so we have left, kind of just sum up the opportunities and perils of investing in overseas real estate for Americans. The, the big opportunity, uh, as we, we started out talking at the beginning, is diversification, and then that it's a real asset, a hard asset. It's something you own. You know, stock prices rise and fall, and uh, and everything cycles. But at the end of the day, an apartment in the center of Paris is an apartment in the center of Paris, and it's going to have some intrinsic value piece of land on the coast of Panama uh, is a is a piece of land on the coast of Panama. It's going to have some intrinsic value. If nothing else, you could grow something on it. You could live on it yourself. So that kind of real, tangible, hard asset is important. It's critical. I think it's everything. And and then the and then diversifying into different kinds of real estate in different markets allows you to ride out the ups and downs of currencies and economies and inflation rates and politics and on and on. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Kathleen Pettacord. She's the author of a new book called How to Buy Real Estate Overseas. Uh, she's got a website. You can find out more about this, which is liveandinvestoverseas.com, where she has a newsletter called The Overseas Opportunity Letter. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show. Thank you very much. I really appreciated the chance. Thanks again. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.